Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alongside former UW Athletic Director Pat Richter, here's Alex Strofe. It is another week and another edition of the Pat Richter Show right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday. The first Saturday with no Badger football in a few months. It feels very odd saying that, but certainly plenty of Badgers football to dive into with the former UW Athletic Director, Pat Richter. As uh, big news being made about six days ago as the UW, or as the University of Wisconsin, rather, introduces their 31st head football coach, Luke Fickle, from the University of Cincinnati, the reigning coach of the year in college football. It is a big, big hire, so really excited to dive into the hire, the process of it, what it means for the university, what it means for Jim Leonard, and all the above over the course of the next hour with Pat Richter. So before we get into that, Pat, how the heck are you, my friend? The weather stinks, but uh, I think the news is good. Exactly. That's my uh, sentiments exactly. Uh, of course, we have a little bit of testiness today. We gotta, we're up against the World Cup, I guess, but uh, hopefully that will go well. But uh, that's about the only time uh, where I really get into soccer. But uh, we are off off. Uh, off camera or off mic, we just mentioned about a couple of different things with Tauscher and went a little bit nuts <laughs> on uh, timeouts and time running, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. But I think uh, eliminate offsides, as far as I'm concerned, would be a good way to improve the game. But be that as maybe we got other things to talk about. Yeah, true that. Well, I will say uh, they made it to the round of 16. Did did the United States? I call that a win, as they are the host uh, the the host country in 2026. And uh, this, you know, team- it's all, there's a parallel to I just as you were mentioning, and I, there's a yeah. parallel to this. It's almost like worldwide wrestling, you know, WWE. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen so many floppers, and they did. You look at the Badgers got called for flopping the other night in basketball. These guys flop every time they get touched. Yeah, they really do. They are they are very impressive actors in in the World Cup. Yeah. But I'm with you on that. It, it really is the only time I get into soccer. But it has been fun to watch the last couple of weeks. But anyway, we got we got more important things to dive into. Pat, um, let's just start with your initial reaction. I was uh, I was just about to head to the airport uh, during my vacation uh, in Mexico. I was on my way back to the U.S. Uh, last Sunday uh, when I saw the news come across Luke Fickle, and I go, huh. Are you sure they didn't misspell Jim Leonard? Uh, so it was it was a shocking hire, but I'm a big fan of it. What was your reaction, and what are you thinking now, six days removed? I would agree with you. I think you know, obviously, you're disappointed for Jim, and because there were so many expectations that were kind of set up. I I think that's probably one of the things in the process that I just didn't like as much because sometimes you obviously confidentiality is a big thing, and uh, but everybody was kind of leaning towards uh, Jim and. Uh, Nobody seemed to make it be quiet. I think uh, probably in hindsight, I think Jim probably would have just low-keyed it and say, hey, the most important thing to do is win the games. It'll take care of itself because you get the kids all excited and, you know, they get them polarized a little bit and then they have to come down and 
kind of get, get gauge their emotions and things like this and kind of settle down a little bit. But uh, all in all, I think for the long haul, for getting in today's world, which is uh, the playoffs, the nil, uh, transfer portal, all the different types of things that are happening, you know, you maximize the knowledge of what's going on in the world of college football. I think he's in a good position. He obviously comes from Ohio State. Ohio State's obviously had an excellent program for many, many, many years and has always been at the top of the heap in the Big Ten, for example, along with Michigan for the most part, and the Badgers shared it most recently. And uh, and I think that that's really kind of what you're, the playing ground that you're looking at. And uh, it's not going to be easy because it's a recruiting nightmare, so to speak, because you're going to have to be recruiting players coming in as freshmen, players coming off the transfer portal, your own players who are thinking of going into the transfer portal, that's what's going on right now. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Luke uh, handles the the kind of the knowledge that uh, the players want in terms of giving an opportunity, seeing maybe the grass is greener. I mean, that's, uh, that's the thing that they have to worry about is in terms of thinking that they're good enough to go into the portal and somebody's going to pick it up. It may not happen. And uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, and there are some that, uh, quite frankly, just as, as Barry did in terms of his looking over the staff and the players, there are some players that uh, you just say, well, good luck and thanks very much for your your uh, playing at the university and uh, good luck to you and because uh, they're just not along the same alignment as the new uh, leadership is going to have. So I think that uh, as much of a shock as it is, I think that uh, that's exactly the way I view it. Is that we're kind of looking at it as a shock treatment. I when I look back in terms of the hiring that we've had to make and when I was there, uh, you know, we had we hired Barry. That wasn't a shock treatment because we were playing in a pool much different. It was mostly, sure. you know, other coaches and not so many, none with, not too many of the head Wisconsin ties. But I think in terms of shock treatment, the, the basketball, for example, with Stu Jackson, oh, that was shock treatment, and to kind of shake things up in terms of a new era, so to speak, and then. Uh, different things that happened after that with Dick Bennett and Bo Ryan and different types of uh, approaches that they had. But this one was, uh, there was a clear, uh, I don't call it a front runner, but a you know, favorite, fan favorite, I guess it was would be, and didn't go that direction. But so that the shock is, is real and in terms of understanding why and the reasons and, the, like I say, a nil portal, things like that. You can understand that uh, somebody with experience and and being around winning programs, that tradition and uh, and legacy and mentality is going to be very important going forward because it's highly competitive. I and mean, you talk about facilities, you talk about all different types of things. It's a new era, and uh, Wisconsin has chosen to play in it. And uh, it'll be, I think it's one of those situations saying. If you're going to give it a good shot to get into the playoffs and things like this, this is the best one to give you that opportunity, and we'll see how it turns out. You're spot on with that, Pat. Well said. This is the Pat Richter Show. He's the, uh, as Jason Wilde kept calling him earlier in the week, he is the Athletic Director Emeritus at the University of Wisconsin. Pat Richter, I'm Alex Shrove with you on this Saturday morning reacting to the Luke Fickle hire at the University of Wisconsin, the 31st head coach uh, in the football program. I'm just amazed at 31. I never did stop and count, but I... 
I guess in a hundred and some years, that's the way it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, I mean, 31, and there hasn't been a, a whole lot in the last, what, th- three three or so decades, right? There's only been a handful. So it's uh, it's certainly yeah. shown the success when, when you hired Barry, right, to to how many – Gary Anderson was really the only one where it was like, hey, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best the, the best hire in the world because, he, you know, it was only two or three years or whatever it was. But other than that, every coach that's come in since Barry has had tremendous success, and hopefully Luke Fickle can have – more of the same, but looking at uh, Jim Leonard a little bit further, Pat. Obviously, this is a, uh, a a difficult decision because it's a guy that has turned down other opportunities, including a, a job, a pretty good job in Green Bay a couple of years back to stay in Madison. And uh, Chris McIntosh said earlier this week, the athletic director said, you know, it wasn't about wins and losses for Jim. And, and the way I read into that, Pat, and you can you can tell me if you disagree with me, but the way I read into that was essentially. Look, Wisconsin is not a place that's a training grounds for a brand new head coach, right? This is an established football program that wants to compete for the college football playoff and a Big Ten title every single year. And it's not necessarily a, a shot against Jim. It's just from an objective point of view, Luke Fickle has proven it time and time again, wherever he's been, that he is a winner and he can win. And he, he was the first mid-major with Cincinnati last year to make the college football playoff. So it wasn't necessarily what Jim didn't do. It was more about what Luke Fickle has done that led Chris McIntosh to hiring him but I think overall it was more a mediocrity not that Jim is but mediocrity will not be accepted and that this really isn't the place to uh, find your footing as a head coach does that make sense yeah it does and I think with respect to uh, Jim and the fact that it does not question of winning and losing I think that's probably appropriate because uh, supposedly, with the reasons given, uh, that uh, the reasons for making the change in the first place were was the feeling that it wasn't going the right direction. We were uh, getting, uh, you know, not uh, the best talent. We've uh, slipped in recruiting and uh, some administrative things and whatever. Those are really off the boards type of situations, and uh, and that's a decision. You know, the question is. When did they see it? That you can question that move in terms of making the change in the first place. Is saying, well, that's kind of odd because we gave him an extension and we gave him a raise, and five games in, we make a different change of mind. You can you can disagree with that. You can't disagree with the fact that what the rationale for getting the type of coach we did. Is it the is a big playground we're playing in now, and uh, and it's very important, and it's going to be so fragile that unless you have somebody that uh, has got a great deal of confidence in the recruiting aspects of things and the players that are out there, and and I think that sometimes that comes with experience. It's just uh, you know you probably have to say that Luke Fickle has seen just about everything that there is out there in terms of uh, recruiting. Finesse and things like that. He's probably seen everything there is, and uh, some people haven't seen that yet. And uh, and I think with the portal and the transfer, uh, the nil and everything else, with all those things around, the, the more you've been experienced in terms of uh, seeing what it's like out in that environment, that programs or what they're doing and things like that, the better off you're going to be. And I think in that respect, you can see why that move was made that way. You know, Mac is uh, looking to maximize the program, and it's his job to make sure that the the, the program and the franchise is protected. It's successful, and uh, and there were some in, in indications and signs that it was starting to slip, which transmits into into 
revenues and things like that. And so the rationale is there. And uh, I think in terms of the surprise of availability, you know, that's that's another thing we can talk about in terms of, well, how did that happen? And I can, we can kind of talk in terms of how those do things happen because his name is not at the top of the list. It's one that I hadn't even thought of myself until you know his name said, yeah, and, and that's what uh, search, firm, search firms do is they, they are, are a conduit in terms of providing people that are interested because for the most part you're going to hire somebody that either is tapped onto the shoulder or through their agent has said, I'm interested, and they wouldn't, uh, not on your radar screen in terms of of uh, showing up, but uh, are nevertheless people that you'd be interested in. You're spot on, Pat. It's, it's fascinating to hear your perspective on this, which we'll continue to do for the next hour here on the Pat Richter Show. I'm Alex Strofe with uh, the Athletic Director Emeritus at the University of Wisconsin, the great Pat Richter with me. Uh, the Pat Richter Show brought to you by Oak Park Place, which offers seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of the care you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that's right for you from independent living to assisted living to memory care and short-term rehabilitation oak park place with locations on madison's east side janesville and baraboo you can visit oakparkplace.com to learn more pat you mentioned the process we'll get into that a little bit later but next i want to dive into chris mcintosh his role in it also the comparisons being drawn to your arrow when you brought in barry alvarez we'll get into all that next it is the pat Richter show right here on espn madison Continuing the Luke Fickle reaction here on the Pat Richter Show, brought to you by Oak Park Place. I'm Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, alongside former UW Athletic Director, the great Pat Richter with me. And Pat, obviously, this is this is huge news. This doesn't happen often. And, and as you mentioned last segment, you know, 31 coaches. I guess I'd never, you know, sat down and counted them, but here we are at Coach 31 with Luke Fickle, but what I want to dive into here, Pat, is Chris McIntosh and every, you know, everything that went into this from his end of things and ultimately what led him to, to make the decision of Luke Fickle. Now, uh, I will say personally, from my perspective, in the first 18 months or so, uh, 17 months rather, of Chris McIntosh's era as athletic director, uh, I think he has done a tremendous job, right? I mean, you look back at the the scrum between Greg Gard and Jawan Howard earlier this year, and he called it a quote-unquote Wisconsin fine when Greg Gard was, was fined. Uh, you look at firing Paul Chris. That's not an easy decision to make, and he made it. And now here we are hiring Luke Fickle, which uh, you and I both didn't really think Luke Fickle uh, was a possibility for the Badgers, and now he becomes the head coach. So uh, in my opinion, I think Chris McIntosh has done a tremendous job so far as the athletic director. But this is one of those legacy hires, Pat, right? I mean, this, is, this will ultimately define Chris McIntosh's legacy as the athletic director at, at UW. It's, you're right. It's, uh, it's been the bane of a number of athletic directors over a period of time, and it takes a lot of guts to, to make the moves that he did make, and, uh, but he's got the convictions of, of what he wants. I mean, he's a player. He's a former player. He's been successful in, uh, in terms of uh, teams that he played on. And, uh, and so when you looked at that uh, situation, you get the backdrop of Nebraska, of a f- former, 
fact, an uh, administrator that had been at Wisconsin went to Nebraska and made a change with Bo Pelini for whatever reason, whether it was just personal reasons or not. Guy had an average nine victories a season, very popular, and uh, it didn't work out. When you make a move like that, you've got to depend and say, okay, you've got to make a make sure you get somebody that's going to be uh, 10, 11, 12 victories a season, get them back to national promise. Well, it didn't happen, and they lost their job. And so this is what, you know, in some respects, it's a two-edged sword in terms of knowing that that's the right thing to do. How Your heart maybe says, Jim Leonard is one of our guys and things like that, but has he been around and seen enough and all those types of things and then who has he worked with and things like that? And does he have that experience that's going to take to not only be on the field but in terms of the office and behind the desk and doing all the things that are part of the job that are really not necessarily as a coach would look at as productive. There's things that just need to get done and you've got to be on top of things. And so if you love to coach and things like that, sometimes that's not the right thing to do And in terms of uh, being a head coach unless you've had your fill of uh, things. And, and certainly he's got a lot of things that are in front of him in terms of experience. So I think that in that regard, you're going to disappoint. But in terms of McIntosh is getting rolled in this, I mean, he made the decision to make the long-term perhaps saying we need – a different leadership in terms of uh, making sure that we have an opportunity to be a, a player in with respect to the playoff situation, the new line, Big Ten, it's going to get constantly competitive, and uh, felt that maybe Jim was not at that stage, and that's uh, unfortunate. As I mentioned earlier, I think the thing that I have to say that you've got to second guess or whatever is just trying to keep it quiet in terms of all the, the the noise in respect to the community and Jim and everything had been built up. And this is not just starting this year. I mean, last year in terms of Jim Leonard, the top defensive coordinator in the country, those types of things getting out there. So the expectations get up. And then that's the part that really is, makes it more difficult because, you know, it's, no matter what happens, you can't really uh, – uh, make that happen in terms of a way that's going to be palatable to everybody. And so to make the decision, he's looking at a long term. Certainly you'd have to say it's not a – it is, but it isn't a, 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 a financial situation. Sure, you're going to get to the point where things are not good and you have to make a move, at, which is what happened when Don Morton was there and, and we hired Barry things were much different because we were kind of financially in trouble and things yeah. like that. That's not the case here. Things are in pretty good shape. Yes, you can see some slippage in attendance, and that's what you want to forestall. But, uh, so it's a different circumstance. But it's, but in terms of, you're right, in terms of satisfying everybody that's out there, I mean, the players got on board with Jim. Uh, they lobbied heavily. And, and as an administrator, you've got to say, you know, this is the decision that I have to make, and it's not something that you can say, well, I'm disregarding the opinions of the players. Well, that's what you have to look at in terms of this is a continuum. The players that are here, some of them will be here next year, some will not. And the year after that, there'll be more that will leave. So the the methodology in terms of the message in terms of 
having somebody like Jim there is not as strong because you get new people every year, and, and we, we've seen where you've got to be kind of national presence in recruiting, and you've got to uh, uh, you're playing in a field now that's uh, with the portal, the transfer portal. I mean, we've already seen some people decide to make a move, and there's not a there's not a spot for everybody out there. I mean, you can say that you want to make a move, whatever. It's not necessarily your decision, your decision only. Somebody's got to want you to take you in that regard, and so. Hopefully the people that uh, are important to the program in terms of continuity and leadership, things like this, are ones that are see the, the kind of the forest through the trees and uh, see that they can make a mark here with Wisconsin and Luke Fickle. And and, uh, and it's going to be a different ball game in terms of expectations. They don't really know anything else. And, uh, and I think sometimes that change is refreshing in respect to giving a whole to it's a learning experience for the players and i think in that respect it's a growth experience for them that they'll, they'll probably never never had a chance to do something like this in their life absolutely it's the pat richter show he's pat richter i'm alex strofe with you on your saturday morning pat i'm not sure how much of chris mcintosh's comments from earlier in the week you were able to see but he but he did make one comment in specific that i was curious to pick your brain on and it was about the financials he, he said you know uh, other sports depend on the football income in order to essentially survive. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it, it, it was interesting to hear him reference that in the introductory press conference and in front of you know all the donors that were in attendance for that event back on Monday. What do you make of those comments from Chris Magintosh? And really, overall, how how, how do you you know assess the way he's handled himself, especially in the media, uh, when it when it has come to this process from back on October second, firing Paul Chris. Now here we are, just. A, little over two months later chatting uh, uh, now with Luke Fickle as the head coach. What do you make of Chris McIntosh's public comments? Well, I know that some part of hard find it hard to believe when, you, when you're getting you know, $70, 80000000 million a year in television revenues, which you think is not uh, seen before. So, and that, that's, uh, but still, in terms of all the collateral things, I mean, when we started, and we fairly noticed it with respect to the first uh, Rose Bowl, when we qualified for the Rose Bowl in terms of licensing. Up until that time, the university licensing program had been like $300,000. And, of course, we're talking dollars that are, you know, maybe 30 years ago, which are much different than ours today. But uh, we, we were in $300,000 when they went to the Rose Bowl. I kicked up to a million four. Well, that extra million dollars was just gigantic in terms of yeah. what it meant to the department. And, and so in, in that respect, it's it's not the tickets necessarily. It's not the number of people who are in the stands. It's the collateral things, the, the licensing, and the, and the and the enthusiasm. I think it spills over into volleyball, for example, and the attendance, because you get a, a pride and you're feeling good about your alma mater or, or your hometown school and things like this. There's all the things that go with it. So in terms of dollars and cents in a pure sense you could say well yeah it's it's a little bit different in that situation but there's a reason for it wisconsin was always viewed as being a, a lucky program in terms of the sense that we had three sports not just football not just men's basketball but we had hockey as well so we've had 
have three sports that generally raise more revenue than they than they spend, and, uh, and that's important because the rest of the programs are are are, give, are takers in terms of the the funding of the sports, sure. and so everything that you can get in terms of that is is worthwhile. Every dollar that you take in with respect to tickets and attendance and things like this, there's one less dollar that the university may pull out of the the uh, television revenues, and so you can say that, that they don't have to do that, but the money's come to them, and they can use them in scholarship ways and things like that, so there's a benefit to the university. And, uh, and that's the way you have to look at it. But, but certainly in terms of a pure sense, I think Chris was making a point in, in kind of in a general sense, in the nature of virtually every every school, every Big Ten school, every Division One program that has football looks at the football program as being the the cash generator, and that's why it has to be successful. I think there's very few programs that uh, that are successful that that make money in terms of the, the programs and the things like that. So, the Wisconsin has, has always had a pretty good uh, situation like that. And uh, they, I think that they still may have the revenue sharing within the Big Ten. And there, there's a small amount there to be successful. You're pulling your weight with respect to the the uh, revenue sharing in the Big Ten. Wisconsin has always been a, a giver rather than a taker when it changed back in the early 90s. And uh, so you have to, you just can't sit back in the weeds and just take, take, take. It's uh, We used to make a joke of the fact that uh, – Schools that make money, more money in the bowl season than schools that don't go to the bowls. And, but it's a small amount compared to the overall program. Sure. But, but I think in general that, that what you're saying is, is it's more or less uh, philosophical, traditional, legacy, uh, support of the program, proud to be a Badger, you know, have bragging rights across the country. All of those things play into the fact that you want successful football. And it's it's an engine to drive the revenue for for other programs, certainly to that. But a lot of that comes from the the, the collateral things I mentioned with the alumni organizations and philanthropical organizations and things like that that buy into that program because they see the success. Yeah, well said. And, you know, a lot of people saying this is a gutsy decision by Chris McIntosh, obviously, uh, maybe not the one everybody expected. So that, that triggers me to ask you before we get to a break, Pat, when, when you reflect on your time as athletic director, what was maybe the gutsiest decision you ever made that paid off? Obviously, you can look at baseball, but that was more out of necessity and, and kind, of a, kind of a negative move, right? Maybe not one you didn't want to do, but more had to do. When you look at gutsy decisions, though, maybe a hiring or what, what sticks out to you when I ask you that? Yeah, well, the cutting of sports, you know, allowed us a little bit of breathing room and put things on a solid footing. But obviously, the people that we brought in were important to that. And certainly, started with football and Barry, and to get ourselves in, on solid footing. It happened sooner than we thought sure. with respect to the bowl game, the Rose Bowl, and that kind of got us started. Well, then we looked to basketball, and and basketball had been kind of a stepsister for a long period of time, just kind of treading water, you know, 500, so to speak. I mean, I think that the best record, when we finished second uh, before this uh, current uh, uh, bunch of run of coaches was when I was playing in 1962. Oh, wow. And so, I mean, that's a long, long time with respect to 
major success anyway. So that I think the change in starting that uh, that path to success with basketball, I think probably was was it was gutsy because it was in the sense not a, not a earth shattering because I think some of the people were seeing well because of football. You can do things like that in, in basketball as well and, and give it a shot. And so the thing that was there, even though Dick Bennett and Bo Ryan uh, were around and available at that point in time, we went with a Stu Jackson, and, and that was a shock treatment. And I think that that stirring it up made people realize that we were serious about it and that we uh, were trying to get the best possible people in there to provide a successful program and I think they bought into that and then and then basketball has just been you know uh, uh, a success that people couldn't have imagined over a period of time but it has perhaps the most improbable success of all the sports we've had well said I, I want to dive into the process next Pat maybe what the process looked like what we know and, and I'll ask you a little bit about what maybe we don't know uh, when it came to the process of, of finding Luke Fickle as the new head coach of the University of Wisconsin that's next it's the Pat Richter show on your Saturday morning right here on ESPN Madison Continuing our conversation here on the Pat Richter Show on your Saturday morning, I'm Alex Strope with former UW Athletic Director, the great Pat Richter with me. And, and Pat, I, I kind of wanted to dive into the process, right? Because Chris McIntosh didn't really give a, a full, clear answer. And for those of us, obviously me, but all of our listeners that haven't been in the shoes of Chris McIntosh, I, I'm curious on maybe how the process works, because it's been very hush-hush, at least as of now, of how it, we ultimately got to the hiring last week of, of Luke Fickle. So what we do now is that there was a couple meetings during the the end part of the season, uh, one in Cincinnati and then one in Madison uh, between them, but it was very hush-hush, very private. We know there was a firm that was leading the charge and leading the search for the University of Wisconsin uh, turnkey that ultimately led to Luke, Luke Fickle. But when it comes to hiring a head coach that is currently working elsewhere, uh, how, how does that process typically go, and, and how, how does you know how does it get to an interview, and how do you get to a second interview? How, how does this all work? Can you kind of dumb it down for maybe some of us that haven't been sure. in those shoes? Yeah, it it doesn't. Uh, it's not as simple as it might seem, and I think with when your situation, I'm looking at it myself, being in the business of search and having done some things I don't do as much anymore, but. Uh, when they made the announcement that we were was making a move with respect to Paul, then and also in the same same notice indicated that he was using a search firm, and if it could happen a couple of different ways, more than likely that because I, I don't think that he went into this thinking that Luke Fickle's my my guy, that uh, when that happened, and there was probably a conversation between the agents and all that represent coaches that might be looking for a move. And that uh, the agent might be might call Luke and say, "Hey, the Wisconsin job just opened up. Are you have any interest?" And uh, given what he said in the press conference and about how they've thought it out as a family and things like this, sure. he said, "Yeah." Then what would happen would be the the firm, the firm would not call Chris. They would call the I mean, excuse me. The agent would not call Chris because he's already turned it over to Turnkey, and that's where it gets a little bit. Uh, 
not problematic, but you have to do things like that to protect yourself in terms of interference with a, a coach that's in the middle of a season and championship run, whatever it might be. And so the agent would then call Turnkey and say, "I've got I represent a couple of athletes, uh, coaches. Maybe maybe he's got a couple. Maybe he's got one." Saying and Luke Fickle's name was popped up. Then that list would get into a, kind of a, a booklet of terms of people that have been interested, and ultimately those would be fed into Chris in terms of uh, these are the people that are interested that uh, that we think are capable of being a success at Wisconsin. And it's not the situation where, you know, this whole business about <laughs> I get a kick out of when they say they're going to have a, you know, post a job and people are going to apply that way. Well, the person you hire is not coming from that direction, and uh, it's not going to happen that way. It just those are people that are maybe YMCA time. We've got a couple of situations where guys that are YMCA people coached and said, I'm the best person for the job, and it just doesn't happen that way. And so then at that point, the, the thing you got to be careful of is, is in terms of uh, – uh, getting in, say, involved in, in the middle of the coaching situation and during the season. So the agents can do a little talking. The, the, the firm, the search firm can do a little talking. Ultimately, there's going to have to be a either a call or face-to-face. Now, that could have happened. Generally, it's, it's kind of a, a gentleman's agreement that you ask permission before you talk to a coach. And generally speaking, you wouldn't be talking to coaches during the, the sp- season unless – and they, they sometimes, for example, in this situation where Cincinnati, the chancellor, and the knows, and maybe they had a conversation that says, uh, you know, for a Power Five or a Big Ten job, I would have permission to, to talk to them. And then uh, this one may have happened in terms of, uh, I think they played a game on, was it Thursday or Friday night or something like that? Yeah, it was a Friday before. game, yep. Friday game, so there, that gives you a little bit of a window in there in terms of rushing off and going to talk to somebody without getting in the way of their season and whatever, and that they've then had permission to talk to to somebody with respect to uh, another job. Everything keeping confidential because you don't want to you don't want to uh, have anything leak out, uh, get out to the players and first. And things like that. It's just getting embarrassing and it's it's disruptive. And we've had some of the situations like that in Wisconsin, going back to Bobby Knight's situation, which is historic in that <laughs> regard. So he probably had a conversation with him at that point in time. And then he had the conversation with uh, Jim, I think, uh, after the, uh, there, he had during the week leading up to the last game. I don't know if there's any subsequent conversations, but then at that point he's got a, he's got the comparisons to make in terms of what his objectives are, in terms of uh, what he wants, the words he wants the program to be, and who's best to take it to that point. And then that's when the tough decision comes in, and and so that's the way it operates. Now he may have had several coaches in that category you can generally speaking you can talk to coaches that are first of all which makes sense that are not employed people that are out of a job for example you can talk to professional uh, assistants that are available for example you can probably talk if the season is over or it's after it's over 
uh, or even before it's over, you can get permission to generally talk to assistant coaches because head coaches always want them to get a chance to get a head coaching job, and they don't want to wait till the season's over because they might lose that opportunity. So they may get permission to say, okay, just for example, the, de- the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, this is taken for example, he might have gotten permission to talk to that person even during the season because uh, they want to put them up for head coaching positions. And so that may happen as well. And uh, so the, you talk to as many people as you can where you're not infringing on their coaching uh, responsibilities or the teams and things like this. When I was hiring Barry, uh, that happened I, I took the job over like on the after the season was over. It was like technically like the conference press conference was like the fifteenth of December, and uh, and then it was, we were in between. I had a lot of work to do before the bowl game started or playing because at that point you want to talk to all the assistants, all the people I think that I mentioned that you can talk to without getting permission necessarily from people above because they're they're in the mix. They they've already made that. Uh, so you don't have any technical difficulties in that regard. And then once that's over, the bowl games are over, then you get into serious business. But I talked to Barry, for example, during the the, different, the, the end of the season and the bowl okay. game because he was in the market and the coach was pushing him for an opportunity as well. So a head coach, for example, you would not be able to talk to him at that point in time. And and sometimes the agents can do that and and the firms can do that, and there are others. Sometimes it's just a clandestine meeting or conversation to find get some things on the table first to find out whether or not there's any serious interest. Sometimes it would be naive to think that they don't happen because we've done them ourselves. And, and uh, so you try to ma- match up as much as you possibly can with taking a lot of the lead from the candidate because we don't want to disrupt and just disturb their uh, their career at the, where they're at in case they didn't get the position because you want to make sure that there's more people that are not going to get the spot than they're going to get the position. And you don't want to destroy anything that might come affect their future career, the opportunity at the school, So, and because you got these teams and everything else. So it can be fairly complicated, but uh, it's hard to say how this one came down because there's always one candidate with Jim and now you have other candidates you compare to, and so in that respect, you've got at least a comparative to make. Fantastic insight there, Pat. Really appreciate the insight there, and uh, you know, hearing hearing some of your memories as you refer to the Bobby Knight uh, situation, which I'm sure yeah. I'm sure we've talked about before, but always funny to reflect on that one. Uh, you know, back back then. But uh, he's Pat Richter, Malik Strofe. It is the Pat Richter Show here on ESPN Madison. We'll wrap it up next uh, with our final thoughts on the Luke Fickle hire. Which don't worry, we'll give plenty of more. I'm sure for the next several months as we lead up to his first season. And obviously, it sounds like he will coach in the bowl game. I will find out next week what the what what said bold game is uh so i'm sure we'll give plenty of more information on fickle in the weeks to come but we'll give our final thoughts this week as well as the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams we got to talk about that briefly so that's coming up next as we wrap up the pat richter show right here on espn madison Right, time to finish up the Pat Richter Show here on your Saturday morning on ESPN Madison. I'm Alex Strofe from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, chatting, of course, with the former UW Athletic Director Pat Richter on a monumental week for the University of Wisconsin. They introduced Luke Fickle as their brand-new football head coach. 
Uh, sounds like he will coach at least in some capacity in the bowl game. Sounds like Jim Leonard could also also coach in the bowl game. So certainly some things to iron out as we approach bowl season here in, in Madison. But Pat, uh, just want to kind of, as we've just gone through this the last 40 or so minutes, uh, almost 50 minutes, you know, what, what are your uh, kind of final takeaways on the Luke Fickle hire? It was certainly a gutsy move by, by Chris McIntosh, but I think overall it was the correct hire. Yeah, I think the, the gutsy move uh, over time, it'll look to be the, the right hire, I would guess. And certainly that doesn't necessarily guarantee success because they're playing in a very difficult environment, you know, with the Ohio States and Penn State and Michigans and USC, UCLA, and things are changing. So, in fact, you can't necessarily say, well, this is a, a championship series uh, guarantee. It's not going to happen that way. So it's going to be a lot of hard work, but certainly positioned to do that. And uh, and I think that over time people will soften, and it will all depend on how the, the team performs in terms of their view, in terms of whether Jim should have had the opportunity or not. But uh, for the environment that they're in right now, I think certainly we think this is the right move to make. And uh, and wish him all the success in the world in the bowl games. Not sure what his responsibility is going to be, whether he'll just have a lot of ear headphones on, listen to what the calls are make, made, and then be able to look on the field to see what's happening and what role Jim is going to play. But uh, coaching, I'm not sure that he'll want – I don't think he wants to put himself in the position of saying, well, it was his bowl game to win or lose type of thing. You don't want to be a situation like that. So he's going to be probably more of an observant because right. it is what it is right now. And then uh, and certainly he's looking at the people and the leadership that will be playing in terms of what roles they may play in developing the team and putting people together and the leadership that he's got uh, that exists here right now and what they can do moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't even want to open the can of worms of uh, will Jim Leonard be on Luke Fickle's staff. I think all signs right now probably point to no, but uh, all of us can hope and wish, right? Because that would be that would be a, a Badger football dream with Luke Fickle as the head coach and Jim Leonard as the DC. But I think that's probably unlikely. But we'll get into that at a later date. Uh, but the the big news in college football overall this week, Pat, was that the uh, the Rose Bowl gave in uh, beginning in twenty twenty four. The college football playoff will expand to twelve teams. Uh, just two years from now, so only two years left this year and next with the four-team playoff, and then it expands to 12. Uh, I, I I know I'm a fan of that move for some reasons. I'm not uh, such a big fan of the move for, for obviously player safety and some other reasons, but what's your reaction to that news? How are you feeling about the expanded playoff? Well, I'm not, I've not, I haven't been a big fan of the widely expanded uh, playoffs. I just don't think that uh, – the, the matchups are the same as basketball in that respect. I think it's a little bit sure. more difficult for the bad teams to to win football, and I expect that probably over a period of time, we'll see to keep track of how the eleven versus one or or twelve versus two or whatever the heck the combinations are, how successful they are, and if they find that it's not doesn't make a lot of sense, it's just more or less fodder for the for the uh, the teams, then I think you're right in terms of saying, okay, we've got a number of teams here that don't have reasonable chance of success. And the 12th team, and for example, or in the 11th team, that aren't going to win enough to make it worthwhile in terms of safety and things like that. And maybe you come back to a team saying, okay, maybe there's eight teams in there that are a little bit closer. But when you get past uh, eight, it doesn't make sense. And so maybe it'll go out to 12, and then maybe come back a little bit. I think people will 
see it for what it is. If they're just making money and they'll be making it, and, uh, the seeds in terms of the best team playing the, the worst team in the, in the playoffs. And if that happens, then then I think they're going to come back a little bit because the quality won't be there and people are going to see it and say, well, you've got a, the X team that's the best in the country. They're playing a 12 team and there's no no uh, close ability and talent and things like this. And it's, it makes sense and it's just a money grab. And uh, they may may force it back to a the May 8 playoff type of situation where it's a little bit tighter and a little bit better quality of play. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think 8 is the number. I, I was intrigued to see 12, but obviously uh, it's it's money, it's entertainment value, but I think the entertainment value will go down a little bit because we've seen some blowouts even in the 14 playoff. I imagine in the 12-team playoff we'll see several uh, in, in the quarter and semifinals, but nonetheless – uh, we will see uh, what happens in 2024. Well, Pat, uh, we are officially out of time, but what a fun conversation today around the hire of Luke Fickle, the process, the in and outs uh, that, that you know so well and obviously experienced during your time as athletic director. I say this every week, but a little bit more this week, Pat. Really appreciate the insight and really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks as always. Thanks, Alex. Enjoyed it very much. Had a great day. Yes, indeed. This has been the Pat Richter Show right here on 100.5 ESPN. No no ESPN Wisconsin College game day coming up next, so we, we send you to national programming now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this morning.